This is a Stimulus Network podcast. Hello, I'm Ty Aziz and welcome to another special episode of Inside the Petri Dish, the podcast that puts science under the microscope. Because of the current coronavirus situation, we're doing a podcast in social isolation. So each of us are going to bring you a podcast on different topics regarding COVID-19. There's a lot of misinformation being circulated about the virus at the moment, especially regarding isolating during pregnancy and with infants. Dr. Sophia Komnunu, who is a lecturer on infant and child public health at Swansea University, joins us to tell us about the isolation guidelines surrounding pregnancy, COVID-19 and infants and the impacts of panic buying on babies. I'm Dr. Sophia Kamnenu and I'm a lecturer in infant and child public health in Swansea University. My research is primarily focused on how babies are fed and what emotions are evolved when feeding babies. Isolation of pregnant people and families with young babies is going to have a big impact on maternal mental health as well as their potential choices on how they feed their babies. If we bear the usual uncertainty of the new chapter of people's lives, especially for first-time parents, with the current uncertainty and the impact of the novel coronavirus on how people live their everyday life, I think it's very interesting to consider the possible implications. Currently, pregnant people are put in the vulnerable group category. This means that they have been advised to reduce social contact with social distancing measures and probably they will have to follow the future advice similar to people with pre-existing conditions and the elderly. There is no specific advice for pregnant people who have people-facing role, but if possible, they are advised to work from home like everybody else. In terms of attending antenatal appointments or routine scans, the current advice is to attend if they feel well. And antenatal monitoring is very important for many reasons, but it might be worth calling their midwives to check their state of each clinic. They should also avoid bringing any children in the clinic and generally any other known and special people. If there is any problem related to pregnancy, but not related to the novel coronavirus, they're advised to get in touch using the same emergency product details they have. If they suspect they've been infected with the novel coronavirus, the advice is to contact their maternity services and not attend the clinic, so they don't increase the infection risk for others. It is likely that their routine antenatal appointments will be delayed until isolation ends. For people who are infected and they go into labour while they're in isolation, there is also specific advice by the Royal College of Obstetrics and Gynecology and they should be assured that the maternity care teams are prepared for this. As most people already know by now, it looks like younger people are not affected as much as older people or people with pre-existing conditions. That does not mean, however, that they're not infected or they do not spread it. It means that the symptoms are just less severe. That's both good news and bad news, as on one hand, there are less critical cases in the hospitals, but also they can act as super spreaders because they're asymptomatic.
During pregnancy, the body naturally changes the immune responses, so it does not reject the fetus. Because of that, there's been some concern that pregnant people might be more at risk to develop more severe symptoms. However, these natural changes in the immune system are not the same as if we say that the pregnant women are immunocompromised. According to the evidence we have so far, pregnant people not seem to be more severely unwell than the general population if they develop COVID-19. In terms of childbirth, there is no evidence at the moment to suggest an increased risk of miscarriage. There is also no evidence that the virus can pass to your developing baby while you're pregnant. Expert opinion is that the baby will probably not be exposed to the virus during pregnancy and it does not look like it passes through the amniotic fluid, which is the fluid that the fetus is surrounded with. So it is considered unlikely that if you have the virus, it will cause abnormalities to your baby. However, we only have evidence from people who were infected at the end of the pregnancy. When the critical time for fetal uh, formation is during the first trimester, for that, unfortunately, we have to wait. Some women with symptoms of coronavirus in China have gone to labor prematurely, but it's not clear whether coronavirus caused this or the doctors decided for the baby to be born early because the woman is unwell. All this is, of course, based on very limited number of people and the advice is updated as we have more evidence. The reason pregnant people is within the vulnerable group category is because the virus is new and there is a lot of unknown. There hasn't been enough time to know the potential long-term effect on an infection or the effect of an infection early on during pregnancy. We know, for example, that flu can be very dangerous infection for pregnant people and their babies, and this is why they're offered the flu vaccine. So the advice here is in the lines of better safe than story. Regarding breastfeeding, at the moment there is no evidence that the virus can be carried in the breast milk. Some breast milk samples from mothers who have been positive to the novel coronavirus have been analysed and the virus could not be detected in them. So it's felt that the well-recognised benefits of breastfeeding outweigh any potential risk of transmission of coronavirus through breast milk. The main risk of breastfeeding is close contact between you and your baby, as you may share infecting airborne droplets, leading to infection of the baby after birth. So when you're feeding your baby, the following precautions are recommended by the Royal College of Obstetrics and Gynecology. Wash your hands before touching your baby, breast pump or bottles. Try to avoid coughing or sneezing on your baby while feeding at the breast. Consider wearing a face mask while breastfeeding if available. Follow recommendations for pump cleaning after each use. Consider asking someone who is well to feed your express breast milk to your baby. If you choose to feed your baby with formula or express milk, it's recommended that you follow strict adherence to the sterilization guidelines. 
Another side of the impact of the pandemic had concerning feeding babies is that there have been a lot of reports about people buying formula in bulk to make sure they will not run out. The problem this creates is that some other people are unable to find formula on the shelves. For babies older than one year old, growing up formula is not necessary. Parents can give regular whole milk. For younger babies, don't attempt to dilute the formula. Don't attempt to make homemade formula following recipes from the internet or don't give regular whole milk instead because this can make your baby sick. If they're older than six months, consider alternative sources of nutrition. But for younger babies, it is not recommended to start solids until earlier than six months. If you cannot find formula on the shelves, please speak to the manager in the store. I know some companies have released statements that they will increase their production, but if people stop panic buying formula, there should be enough for everyone because even though the demand has been increased, the actual needs of the population have not been increased. Apart from panic buying formula, there are other essentials that they're disappearing from the shelves like nappies and I have also seen shortages in Calpol. Again, the demand is artificial and it's driven by panic buying. If we all buy what we need, there should not be a problem in the supply chain. Antenatal monitoring is very important to catch any problems with your pregnancy early. So it's important that you're in touch with your maternity service team to guide the best they can. How things are handled might be different from place to place and make sure you check with them first. I have seen virtual antenatal classes organized by charities, the NCT. So this might be an option for people who have access to the internet and can do it. Some people will not have access to the internet. Again, they should contact, contact the maternity care team to check what else might be organized locally. Make sure you keep feet. Going for a walk outside, keeping your distance from other people is still advisable. If you have a stable internet connection, there are a lot of visual exercise programs. And maintaining a routine is very beneficial for your mental health, so try to incorporate that. If you know a pregnant person, if they're within your friends and family group or is a neighbor, make sure you check on them regularly. Ask them if they need any help with the shopping so they limit their contact with other people. And if your friend or relative just had a baby, please stay away at the moment. What I have not seen being discussed much is the impact of physical distancing and isolation in some cases to the mental health of the mothers and the whole family in general. So we know that having a newborn is generally a time that everybody gets excited to meet the new baby, families often have people around to help, and the distancing might feel very lonely for some mothers and some families. Uh, and this can have an impact on their mental health. And quite honestly, we cannot really estimate how big the impact might be. On the other hand, families might have the time to spend undistracted with a baby, not worrying about guests coming to the house and offering unsoliciting advice. Mothers can focus on recovering from childbirth, getting settled with the baby, establishing breastfeeding without interruptions and so on.